If you were an exorcist in the first century world before Jesus walked the earth, you were to find the most powerful name that you could find to exorcise a demon. Guess what the most powerful name was in Jerusalem and in larger Judea? It was the name Solomon. They would say, I adjure you by the name of Solomon. And then what happens? This miracle worker, this famous exorcist from Galilee comes on the scene. His name, Jesus of Nazareth. You know what's so fascinating? We have prayer incantation bowls. These are ancient artifacts from the second, third, fourth, and fifth century. These can be curses. These can be prayer incantations. They can be hexes on your neighbor you don't like. You want to give them insomnia. But you know what's fascinating? The name Jesus shows up in these prayers and these incantation bowls. His name was so powerful, people knew that it brought power when you said the name of Jesus. It's a very interesting paranormal concept in the first century. And you know what? We transfer that into modern day, and we look at all the paranormal things happening around us. There's so much confusion. There's so much bondage and darkness. And Christians don't know how to respond to ghost stories, UFO sightings. How do we respond to the fascination, even attraction, of the paranormal world around us? Paranormal, it's truly become the new normal in our culture. How do we answer this unanswered question? Warren Pelly was a software programmer in San Diego. And after moving into his first home, he said he wasn't used to living so far away from his friends and family in a neighborhood that was so quiet. He began to hear strange noises at night in his house, creaks and knocks that freaked him out, and he said it made him jumpy. He couldn't sleep. The 37-year-old programmer had never had any experience with movies, but he had a brilliant idea. Warren actually put an ad out on a website and hired some unknown actors for $500 each, and he put together $15,000 of his own money to shoot a movie, get this, with his own personal home video camera about this young couple named Katie and Micah who moved into a new home that too made noises, creaks, and knocks at night, but this one with a demon haunting them. The couple decided to set up a movie camera to record and document any activity that occurred while they slept. That activity became the box office sensation, Paranormal Activity. DreamWorks executives were interested in picking up this unusual film, and so they decided to screen test the movie. They originally thought that the film was a total bomb because people were walking out early from the theaters, until they learned that the viewers were actually leaving because they were so frightened. So the jittery film that cost just $15,000, shot in just seven days, was released in 2009, and the demand for the film was unprecedented. What made it so successful? Trailers for Paranormal Activity only showed reactions from the audiences of the film, which of course went viral. Fans spoke proudly of not being able to sleep for a week after seeing it. 
The original film grossed nearly $200 million worldwide, making Paranormal Activity, get this, the most profitable movie of all time, with a mind-boggling 1.2 million percent return on investment. This goes to show that what was once thought to be strange beliefs and practices on the fringes of society had gone mainstream. And the paranormal has been making quite a comeback. I've given this some thought. When did this latest iteration of paranormal become so attractive, culturally speaking? Then I remembered a certain movie that was released just as I was graduating high school. And I think that no movie catapulted the youth of our nation into paranormal interests more than M. Night Shyamalan's The Sixth Sense with that now famous line, I see dead people. So number one, we need to recognize that paranormal is attractive and has become normal in our society. Believing in the paranormal has become the norm in our culture. We have to understand the appeal as we search for answers. Well, Hollywood and entertainment investors are betting on your attraction to the paranormal. Big money is being made capitalizing on this trendy allure of the paranormal that has gone viral in our society. The paranormal is a huge industry. I mean, think about it. We're talking about television series, movie franchises. Remember the Twilight series? Books on the paranormal, haunted houses, ghost hunters, tourism at poltergeist locations, fortune-telling, mind control, channeling, psychic fairs, even ghost photography, UFO sightings and abduction, government UFO conspiracies. The list goes on and on all the way to the Loch Ness Monster. Here's the problem. The paranormal is a slippery slope and once you open the door to the spirit world, it will only affect your life negatively, and that door can be very difficult to shut. Do you understand the times we're living in? Studies documenting the pervasive intrigue of the paranormal are widespread. A whopping 71% of Americans say that they have personally had some type of paranormal experience. Another study recently released by two Baylor University sociology professors funded by the John Templeton Foundation found an astounding 80% of Americans strongly believe in some type of paranormal activity. Nearly one-third of Americans have consulted their horoscope, 12% of Americans have actually made an effort to personally visit a medium or psychic searching for meaning to their present circumstances. That's 42 million Americans. 25% of Americans have taken time to research the whole world of haunted houses, ghosts, and even electric voice phenomenon. Now, some of you may think that the paranormal, this fascination is something just for uneducated people. Well, actually, did you know that the statistics actually say quite the opposite? Studies of undergraduate and graduate students point out that the more educated one is, the more likely that you are to believe in the paranormal supernatural world. In fact, the University of Virginia recently launched a paranormal activity lab where respected scientists are researching phenomena like ESP, poltergeists, and near-death experiences. So really, I think we're just asking the wrong question. The question is not if one believes in the paranormal. Rather, the question should be is how much experience have you had with the paranormal and more importantly, why? Number two, the paranormal teaches a false gospel, makes promises that it cannot keep, and it will always bring me into bondage and confusion. 2 Corinthians eleven fourteen, a powerful verse. The Apostle Paul sternly warned that Satan himself masquerades as a what? Do you remember? Angel of light. 
Satan is that master deceiver. He masquerades as an angel of light. And what I find intriguing is how Christian the paranormal world sounds. Have you noticed that? In my research, I was amazed by the secular studies that pointed out the attraction to the paranormal, whether it be psychic conventions or professional mediums, their promises sound so Christian. They sound like a lot of Bible verses. In fact, they claim to provide services of great spiritual value, such as knowledge about your place in life, information about your future, guidance about a difficult decision, or most notably, contacting a dead loved one or friend for closure to say something you wished you had said when they were living. Driving here in my home city of Houston, I noticed recently a psychic shop with the following advertisement, uniting lost lovers even in death. And guess what? Being cynical or uncompassionate is the worst way to respond to those who are attracted to something paranormal. As a pastor, I have personally ministered to parents who have lost children who said that they would do anything, absolutely anything, to communicate with their dead child. When someone experiences a great loss, they can be taken advantage of. The paranormal world preys on the weaknesses of our human disposition when we're grieving. Many Christians can be exploited when they're hurting, especially when they have faced some tragedy or unexpected loss. Amazingly, some psychics and others working in the paranormal world actually claim to be Christians to lure new clients. Get this, over 300 psychics, male and female, claim to be ordained ministers. So not only are you consulting a necromancer, but you're actually consulting an ordained necromancer. Oh, by the way, according to the American Federation of Certified Psychics and Mediums, yes, such an organization exists, 97% of psychics or mediums will not give you a refund. So just remember that. Another psychic shop I went by generously promoted that your first two questions are free. One out of three psychics only use their first name, and most of them, statistics show us, use an alias. And you might also be interested to know that there are over 20 mediums in the United States who are multimillionaires. 1 John 4.1 says what? Dear friends, do not believe every spirit, but do what? Test the spirits to see whether they are from God, because many... False prophets have gone out into the world. You know, our problem is, as a church, as Christians in the modern age, we're not doing what 1 John 4.1 commands. We have the dumbest, most undiscerning church of all time, and yet we have the most educated members in the history of the Christian church. It's a dichotomy. There is such little spiritual discernment. What really got my attention was a recent survey done by David Kinneman. He released this study about how vulnerable our young people are to the paranormal world. After surveying thousands of teenagers, and this gets my attention as a father of two children, he found that 73% of young people have engaged in at least one type of psychic or witchcraft-related activity beyond mere media exposure or horoscope reading or something they saw on the internet. Four out of five teenagers have had their horoscopes read just for fun. The report also found, get this, seven million teenagers have encountered, as they said, an angel, a demon, or some other supernatural being. Seven million young people. Most notable to me was the fact that only 28% of our young people said they had learned anything in their church to help inform their views about the supernatural world. 
You know, you can even visit university campuses today. I'm a university professor myself, and you can actually attend paranormal events on campus, sponsored events, tarot card reading, palm reading, channeling. And guess what? All these students, they just kind of think it's fun and games. So you have this strange mixture of entertainment on one hand, but as I see at the same time at a much deeper level, this deeper search for meaning and truth beyond the surfacey world. This is where so many of our kids and young adults are today. You know, we've thrown God off the campus. More and more professors are atheists. Well, really, most professors are nihilists. They don't think there's really anything to live for. They think life is worthless. In fact, I was counseling one of my own students, and I teach at a Christian university, who said that she had a friend who said that life had no purpose or meaning, and she planned to die at 30. Life had no meaning, so she was just going to live wildly until the age of 30, needed counseling for a friend. Listen to me. No matter what the atheists say, human beings were spiritual beings. We hunger for the spiritual. And when we've sent God out the door and we laugh and we mock the Christian faith and we replace it with this weird diabolical stuff, guess what? We buy into the lies, we become entrapped, confused, and we believe that false gospel. There is a great body of research that suggests that those who open themselves up to the paranormal, demonic world are more likely, get this, to be depressed, abusive, commit crimes, and yes, even attempt suicide. I want to tell you something. The devil is inventive. He is always reinventing himself. Have you noticed this? A generation ago, it, the attraction, the rage was Satanism. But have you noticed that we, re- we rarely hear about Satanism anymore? We never hear about the occult. That has gone out of fashion. Now it's labeled paranormal, something much more attractive, mysterious, and even, shall we say, trendy. So how do we enact what John said in 1 John 4.1? We test the spirits by comparing all of our personal experiences, all the paranormal messaging against the Word of God. The paranormal world propagates a message that sin is not real, that death is simply a crossing over to some life of peace, There is no heaven, there is no hell, there is no judgment, and there is no accountability whatsoever for how we live. Well, gosh, that kind of sounds like a gospel message that's been around a long time, probably since a serpent first said it in the Garden of Eden. So no, as Christians, we are directed not to believe every spirit. We need to be discerning. We're to be wise like the Christians at Berea, a thinking person, a thinking Christian. Acts 17, 11, for they accepted the message most eagerly, and they studied the scriptures every single day to see if what they were now being told were true. 1 Timothy 4, 7 says, reject worldly fables, refuse old wives' tells, instead train yourself towards godliness. 1 Timothy 4, 7, I love what J.B. Phillips, the great British theologian, how he translated this passage, steer clear of all these stupid, godless fictions. Take time and trouble to keep yourself spiritually fit. I've been teaching the book of Acts, and I note that Phillips said in his Acts commentary that our modern church has become fat and short of breath, not on guard, not discerning. 1 Peter 5.8 says, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, he walks around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Believers in Jesus Christ are commanded by Almighty God to avoid all activity with the paranormal world, stay away from it, all of it. 1 Thessalonians 5.22, abstain from every form of evil. You know, there's nothing funny to God about the paranormal. God's word is clear 
avoid all of it. And this is why we as parents need to be leaders. We need to be attentive. We need to be listeners. And most importantly, we need to be discerning about the activities of our family and our children. Mom and dad, you're the guardian of your family, not just physically, but spiritually. As a parent, should I monitor the activities of my children? Absolutely. If I have anything resembling paranormal paraphernalia in my possession, what should I do? Well, we should get rid of all of it immediately. And I mean, that includes movies, music, photographs, books, Ouija boards, tarot cards, fortune spells, etc. God worked a revival in the city of Ephesus one day. We read about this in the book of Acts, the Apostle Paul's preaching. And do you remember what happened in Acts 19.19? 19? And the number of those who practice magic arts brought their books together, and what did they do? They burned them in the sight of all. And they counted the value, and they found that it came to 50,000 pieces of silver. Do you know what that value would be today, 2,000 years later? The value of those magical incantation books and phylacteries and all the paranormal material would have equated to about 6 to $7 million of today's money. But these books were destroying their lives, and they got rid of it. C.S. Lewis became a celebrity in North America with the release of his wartime bestseller, The Screwtape Letters, a book that he dedicated to someone I'm sure you've heard of, his good friend, J.R.R. Tolkien. Lewis famously said in the preface of Screwtape Letters this incredible comment about the paranormal world, quote, there are two equal and opposite errors into which our race can fall about the devils. One is to disbelieve in their existence the other is to believe and to feel an excessive and unhealthy interest in them. Number three, only Jesus Christ can set me free. Only in Jesus can I know the purpose for my life. Only in Jesus can I experience lasting peace. And only in Jesus can I truly know the truth. In John chapter 8, we learn two very important principles about the paranormal world. First, in John 8, Jesus is speaking to that crowd who would not accept his message. You were of your father, the devil, and your will is to do your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks out of his own character, for he is a liar and the father of lies. You know, Satan will lie to us. He will counterfeit the truth, and we can all think of times that we believe the lives of the devil. The devil, paranormal activity, it brings confusion into our lives. A few verses earlier, Jesus is speaking to those who had received his message, and he said that in knowing him, Jesus, quote, you will know the truth, and the truth does what in our life? It makes us free, John 8, 32. Some of you listening to me right now, you need to be set free. You need freedom in your life. Staying in John 8, Jesus said in verse 12, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness and confusion, but will have the light of life. I think of John 14, 6, Jesus said, I am the aletheia in Greek. I am the truth. He is truth. Do you know the truth today? Are you in the truth? Or are you in confusion and bondage and buying the false gospel of some paranormal psychic world around us? The mission of Jesus' ministry was to usher in the kingdom of heaven on earth. That was his ministry mission. And in his exorcisms and healings, we see tangible evidence of the mighty power and presence of the kingdom of Almighty God. Jesus was dismantling Satan's kingdom. Jesus said that Satan's kingdom was telos eki in Greek, literally 
coming to an end. Satan's sphere is being weakened. He was the strong man, but guess what? A stronger one is here now. Satan's house cannot stand. We read of this in Matthew 12, Mark 3, Luke chapter 11. Jesus' kingdom has literally broken into the world. Jesus has bound the strong man. Satan is powerless against Christ. A follower of Jesus has nothing to fear of the paranormal, demonic, satanic world. When I understand my identity in Jesus Christ, who I am in Christ, there is freedom from all that bondage and fear and confusion. I finish with the wonderful words of Paul. The very weapons we use are not those of human warfare, but powerful in God's warfare for the destruction of the enemy's strongholds. Our weapons are mighty through God. 2 Corinthians 10 verse 4. You know, I think of Will Regan's song, Break Every Chain. It could not be more true. There is power in the name of Jesus to break every chain. There's an army rising up to break every chain. There is power in the name of Jesus. Never forget, Jesus said all authority had been given to him. Yes, Satan is mighty, but God is almighty.